Well, he's from California. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio on your TV guide. Brett White or Star-Lord or uh, Mobius and Mobius? I don't know. And, uh, I'm also a senior reporter producer for Desire.com and say hello to the Hawkeye to my radar or Hawkeye to my Black Widow. Let's just keep the theme going. Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Brett. And and if you're wondering why Brett is muffled on your at home listening uh, on pod, uh, podcast listening, uh, he is getting into the Halloween season by wearing an official Star Lord replica mask, a la Marvel. Uh huh. Because I went to Target and it was 50% off because ain't no one works a ton of them. Um, <laughs> so I got it for like 40 bucks. No, I think it might have still been like 70. Whatever. The uh, third movie was not great. It was the good. The third movie was fucking amazing. It was not great. It was. No, it was fucking. It's maybe the second best one. Second one was better. Second one was much better. They're all three great. It's a perfect trilogy. Uh, I cry too much. And now I'm being emotional in a fucking Star Lord mask. Take the Star Lord mask off. Uh, you come, <laughs> Jesus. Oh wait, hold on. I have to get the little. Uh, okay, God. Okay. Oh wow, that does a number on your hair. Yeah, I mean that's why you know in the movies it's just a little thing behind his. Oddly enough, he doesn't wear this in the third one, uh, even though he really could have used it when he left and went out into space. Out. Which, you know, okay, I will worry about closing it up later. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Must Have Seen TV. I'm your co-host, <laughs> Ethan K. And you're not wearing a, a silly mask. No. Um, woo, yeah, and I'm also wearing uh, my official Loki TVA. The jacket is season one. The shirt is season two. I just got it in the mail the other week. Another day. Thank you, Disney Plus, for sending me things. Thanks, Disney. I'm really hoping that I can log in at the right time tomorrow and book another trip down to see you guys in Florida. And we also totally would take sponsorship. <laughs> uh, whatever you want to pay. No. Um, but yeah, it is Halloween. Uh, the month of Halloween. I am trying to slay the demon of depression and actually get excited about Halloween, which ain't happening yet. Halloween's a, a, a great month. Uh, October is also Halloween, which is a great month. Um, we we finally, since we moved up to Westchester, we get trick-or-treaters now, which we weren't getting in Queens. Uh, we had about 30 to 40 last year. Um because we give out the big candy bars, the full-size candy bars, and we have a big bucket full of loose, small, fun-size candy. So everyone Lucy's. gets to get Lucy's. <laughs> uh, you get a you get a big candy bar, and then you get to dunk your hand into the big bucket. And kids love that. They they talk okay. about it. So far, uh, we haven't been targeted for any kind of retribution for telling them to get off our yard. Um, so well, they need to know we got to be good because in a couple months, this big candy bar time. Yeah, and I wish I want that. I want that life. Um, uh, this, this we do have a back. Life. We have a back patio now that we're so I'm like, if I can rally uh, my energy, I would like to actually I want I would love to do 
like the Tim the Toolman Taylor level haunted house insanity back there. Um <laughs> for our like now that I'm an uh I'm a oh god honorary gunkle to uh Ben's kid. So I'm like, <laughs> I want to scare this almost three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> now, whatever. can you get to your your backyard from anywhere besides your apartment is there like an outside facing door no um well i mean like the window right here but i don't think i can open it wide enough i was but gonna I could say, do like, and i could grab but i was gonna say that if you have that space and you want kids and neighborhood kids to walk through it that means they have to walk through your apartment Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm not doing anything for the neighborhood kids. I always thought that was very weird on the on the sitcoms where it's just like all the yeah. neighborhood kids would come through and it's like, you're OK, whatever, which we'll get to in a second, because that is so there's a lot of so uh, housekeeping, first of all, as always. Oh, please leave comments. We don't have any YouTube. Co- OK, no, yeah, we don't have any YouTube comments. Um, but yeah, leave comments, email must have seen TV at Gmail, leave reviews on iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Especially now that we're giving you more content, more content, extra content, content you can only find here because we're the only ones making it. Yeah, this is what I did on Saturday. Um, no, I, so I, 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 uh, I realized like all of our videos are hour long discussions and I was like, oh, you know, people probably want one minute to two minute long clips like that's what you share with people that's what you say like oh i thought this was funny i thought you know this was a funny point or here's an easily removable chunk of an up like so i'm trying to put up more clips starting with our uh must have now tv conversations from uh episodes where i am in drag since that's visually interesting and also 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 only recent ones where i'm in drag and i'm not ashamed of <laughs> how i look you've 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 passed your fuck around era now you've figured it out era. people have found out i found out no i mean i i yeah my makeup now that i realize that i am a blonde uh etc like things are a lot better uh in that <laughs> um but to to give myself a clip to edit out and put up on its own in like a week what are you watching right now? Brett, uh, I am very thrilled that Our Flag Means Death has come back. Oh, yeah. God, that's yes. On, I've that's only on Max. Watch the first one episode. They have of, of season two. They dropped three episodes at once on Max last last week. And I, I don't know if they're doing one episode per week or multiples. It's only an eight episode season. <clears throat> I mean, um, we were lucky to get it because... I feel like they squeezed it in right before David Zaslav took over and was like, well, we don't actually want to make things here. Yeah, we want to purchase content. I'm sorry, does does our flag means death star an obese person with pimples to pop? No? Are they not doing an arranged via the internet marriage? (laughs) No, I don't want it. God, you put the worst person in charge of Warner Brothers. Thank you. Great job. Yeah. No notes. Excellent. No, it's a good, it's a very good show. Uh, great ensemble cast. Uh, great writing. Just, I, I love, I love the gentleman pirate. Um, I, I relate. <laughs> I want, we all want to keep seeing more of it and anything can happen in the next five episodes. 
that's the great thing about this show. Um, so that was an that was an enjoyable one. Brett, what have you been watching? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say Loki, even though I am wearing this is my Halloween costume. This this episode, I mean, you I can say Loki if you're no, watching. Well, no, I mean, I'm more watching Survivor. For the first time, and I am, I think, oh, my God. Am I like on my fifth season of watching? Uh, Because Survivor 45 is airing right now, which I am watching. This is my first time watching one week to week. And, oh, man, it's a good one so far. Because maybe the worst tribe in Survivor history is Lulu. And they are amazing. Uh, Week one, someone just flat out is like, I don't want to be here. And leaves. (laughs) And then, then, like, week two, it's like, oh, the dude, I mean, I guess, spoilers for episode two of the season of survivor but like the guy who on the very first physical challenge like the go out there and like get a thing that you like just need to camp or whatever like passes out like just full on like me like if i was tasked with doing any of this just full on <laughs> passes out and like almost like medical has to come he's gone now. uh and then like one of the only people that the other person that's still on the team is a full-on aggressive nightmare person who is just picking so many fights, but also like knows that she's unbearable and that everyone hates her. It's great. Oh. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad I you're mean, having yeah. a good time with it. But in terms of back episodes, I I was like, I decided to start at the halfway point. So I started with season 20, 22 or 23. That's um, a lot of seasons. Yeah, because they're on 45. They do two a year. Um, and so I where think they I, feel, I, like where do they ha- still have to film now? Like Paris? Oh no, apparently they do multiples. Like apparently I'm on my third season in a row that was shot in the Philippines. They just like um, move to different parts of the of the Philippines. Um, but it is a it is a fascinating show and the uh Man, twists and turns. You know, like my my uh my annual Christmas uh dirty Santa game. Yeah, full of twists. It's basically and turns. that. It is basically it it scratches the same itch. <laughs> you're a you're a plagiarist for a show that's been on for 45 seasons. <laughs> no, but like it, I think it makes yeah, it makes sense. Um that's good. Can we talk uh, about MASH? Because MASH is interesting. Well, in in a second, because you're interesting too, but like, no, Jesus Christ, no, uh, because we, we're getting into Halloween, and before we before we journey to Halloween 1982 with Mash, I wanted to talk about Halloween 1982 because I dug into the newspaper archives and found out what was going on this Halloween season, and it is actually interesting. Ooh, so, so uh, Halloween 1982, I n- initially started my uh search for uh well i'll just say this the chicago tylenol murders happened like right like early october is when tylenol was like okay we're calling them all back so that's like three weeks before this episode so that is very much top of mind oh do you know do you know more about the chicago tylenol murders i mean it was they they never found out who, who it was but Did it was they? like someone was just like with a syringe, like was like putting poison in tile, like random Tylenol bottles. Yeah. Do not get any ideas, anyone. All the hardcore. We have a big prison population listening to us, which is I why know. they don't email or leave. Uh... 
Uh, I'm supposed to have a surgery on my finger next week, and I'm not allowed to take any Advil or ibuprofen or Aleve or Tylenol for two weeks beforehand. So anytime I get a headache or the thing that I need to get surgery for hurts, I can't take anything for it. Granted, I would not take the poison Tylenol if I knew it was poison Tylenol. Yeah, yeah. I just I just I'm glad that Tylenol was available then. And I, I really wish I miss it. I miss oh, it. Oh, man. But yeah, so like, so this happens in night in like September, October, 1982. So Halloween comes. And now, so I started my night by searching for um, Halloween trick or treat parents danger candy. (laughs) That's what I searched archives for. Uh, So the 1981, the previous year, the newspaper results I got back was just 61 matches. But when you search for 1982, in the height of the Tylenol murder scare, 313 matches. So, like, this, I mean, like, the the, uh, urban legends of, like, razor blades and apples and apparently uh, straight pins in candy bars and stuff. Um, That's like, we heard that growing up in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s and stuff. So, like, but I, but it feels like, this is where, like, it really, the Tylenol murders make it blow up. Now, <laughs> what, uh, so, in 1982, uh, this this Texas uh, newspaper posted a big, like, op-ed about, you know, um, what the parents, rules for parents. But first of all, they do say, it's a Texas newspaper, and they're, and they say, um, da-da-da-da, There have been there have been danger signals in Longview, Texas, in recent years. No suspects ever were arrested in an incident in West Longview where a mother had just uh, brought her small child home from an evening of trick or treating and was careful to check all the goodies before allowing the child to put anything in her mouth. The mother found a bite sized candy bar with a straight pin stuck through it. Now. That story, uh, they notice how they said, like, oh, it happened in this town. Yeah. Um, no, if you go back to 1981, which I did, I found another article from Illinois, 740 miles north, that was like, last year in our town, Arlene so-and-so, the daughter, found a straight pin in the, th- like, and it's, and that was, Chris, that was a Halloween 1980, and then they wrote an op-ed about an 81, and then in 82, all of a sudden, it's Texas. So, like, <laughs> so, yeah, friend of a friend. Um, I don't know. So here are some of the rules. Uh, children should be accompanied by parents at all time while trick-or-treating. Wait, so let, tell me, did these rules apply to you? Wait, did you trick-or-treat? I trick-or-treated. I trick-or-treated yeah. until probably junior high. Oh, my God. Um, wow. Well, did you have friends? Yeah. Okay, I didn't have friends, so I stopped in sixth grade. We did. We did. We kind of did the, I don't want to say it was like a pity walk, but there was a really long road with not a lot of houses on it. So we would do that just early on. So all those people could give the candy and all the wanted to see the, the, um, the costumes, but then we would get in someone's car, not our car. Cause we were not driving and we go down to a much more densely residential, mm-hmm. um, development. And that, and that's where, you know, house after house after house, you didn't have to walk that far. Um, so th- we would do both of them at, after a pretty early age. I want to say probably um, about around fifth grade, we'd, we'd, do, we'd double dip like that. So, like, all of these rules 
or very common sense. I don't know. Uh, children should be accompanied by parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, trick or treat in neighborhoods where you know the people. We didn't yeah. do that. Oh, <laughs> we did, we did the, the first time we knew the people going up and down our own streets. We knew those people, but going into like, like, um, I forget the name of the, it, it was by the school, but there were just a lot of developments that had just sprung up in the mid eighties. And we didn't know any of the people there unless their kids went to school with us, which and we, we wouldn't know because those kids were out trick or treating too. Uh, except only candy that is individually wrapped. That's Don't always, just take that's... a pile of loose M&Ms. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, the parent should inspect the candy as soon as it is passed out. That ain't happening. If the candy yeah. appears to have been tampered with, the parent should throw it away or something dangerous like a pin is found in it and the candy police should be called. You're not going to... Um, wait, the candy police? Is that what it said? Yeah, it's just like the candy police is walking around there over from Candyland. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and there's like children's costumes should be reflective, which is annoying because it's like, is that screen accurate? Probably not. No. And that's more important. No. Uh, do not accept homemade candy or like fresh fruit. Start trick-or-treating at an early hour. Yeah, I do remember getting uh, popcorn balls from the old woman down the street. Oh, an old woman who didn't understand the time that she was living in. I was I was alive in 1982. I might not have been walking up and down the street because I was two years old, but I was alive in 1982. You remember the the nightmare. Uh, yeah, children should go in groups. Watch out for passing vehicles. Do not allow children to run across streets from one house to another. And then they're like, Watch for fire hazards such as pumpkins or lanterns with live flames inside. Don't don't get clothing or costume. It's just like, let's just here's just general stuff to worry about. <laughs> don't leave the tub on <laughs> while you're trick or treating. Heads don't belong in ovens. No. When you um, leave, blow out your incense. So the other uh, little op ed that I found was in the Chicago Tribune. And this is the last one. But man, and I'm not going to read it, but it's a. um. So Bob Green, a Chicago Tribune columnist, uh, basically like, uh, if you are a parent and you have any sense, you will forbid your child from going out trick-or-treating this Halloween um, because of the Tylenol killer. And everyone, uh, all the kids wanted Tylenol that year. They're like, Yo, they're like oh no, can't have your Tylenol this year, little Johnny. Well, it's like Hershey Kisses and Tylenol. Like, that's yeah. the thing that people want to... Uh, and then, I um, asked for Tylenol, and they're like, no, just Snickers. And they're like, I'm like, okay. And then I put a little X on their door so that <laughs> other kids would know they don't have Tylenol give out. Uh, so he says, like, a number of parents have called this office with suggestions about what children might do in place of trick-or-treating. All of those parents wanted to make the night an upbeat occasion for their kids. One mother said that boys and girls should be taken to see E.T. on Halloween night, perhaps starting a new tradition. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is what uh, Mr. This is what Mr. Bob Green, Mr. Bob Green wanting people to, like, just think of the children. Now, what did Bob Green, what was he thinking of the children in 1988, six years later, when a 17-year-old high school senior recently graduated came by to do a do her last, like, project from school on Mr. Bob Green? And then what did he think when he took her out for dinner and then back to a motel where they did everything except for like cons i think it wait what was it called uh unconsummated something yeah so yeah 39 he had a uh tryst with a 17 year old and that is why he was fired 
Oh my from god! His Chicago Tribune show, man, and I, I like that's a fun little uh thing I just yeah. stumbled across. Wow, you did your research. I just looked yeah. up Mash. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I also looked up like UFO sightings of Bigfoot. Oh, the governor of one, the governor of one state wanted to be Bigfoot for Halloween in oh Halloween nineteen eighty two. Well, he and, said like trick or treating gate for just kids. I want to be Bigfoot. Like, why did that make the paper? That could be two separate thoughts. It's like it's not just for kids. <laughs> oh, I wish I was actually Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. This but oh, this man. episode did not air on halloween night it aired Aired, the next uh, night on november 1st and And this week we will be traveling to november 1st 1982 now uh first blood ruled the box office which is rambo uh and up where we belong by joe cocker and jennifer warren's top the charts and cbs aired the mash episode trick or treatment ethan you must have seen trick or treatment before today no i this is another sitcom that i was too young for and didn't really i've never watched an entire episode i've turned it on here and there but never stuck with it so november 1st 1982 though um i was looking up things that happened then and this was the day that the first uh asian car manufacturer opened its doors in uh the united states it was honda and they they rolled out a honda accord on the first day my my set my my first long my first car was a toyota camry but i totaled it i told her i totaled it while dressed as nightcrawler (laughs) when i was a senior in high school um and man didn't teleport out in time anyway no bamf and then i got a honda accord and i had that for a long time so the when i did look this up the the notable things that happened this day are the Honda factory opened and George went and Andrew Dice Clay guest star on Trick or Treating. And yeah. if you, there is no show called Trick or Treating. It's this mash episode called Trick or Treating. So I've found it in at least two different Internet news sites repeating Man. the same thing. It's and match. omitting and omitting the fact that it's mash. That it's the that it is the biggest that come of the the biggest sitcom of the 1980s uh, after, oh, it was, oh God, it was the Cosby show, which I'm not touching until I figure out some way to touch it. If I ever want to touch it, I don't want to touch it. Uh, and then I, then I think it, w- it was Family Ties, right? But there right. is no Halloween episode of Family Ties. So we're doing MASH um, because MASH, this is 1982 by spring 1983. MASH is done for the 80s. This and, is its last na- season. But 1982 saw um the 11th and final season of mash alan alda did not want to do it after season nine but they got him on for season 10 a short version of season 11 because the set burned down whoa um and then they wrapped it up with a tv movie called goodbye amen and goodbye farewell and amen uh, which is a two hour long movie written by Alan Alda, which was and is still to this day the highest rated sit the the most watched sitcom yeah. episode in history. That's a joke. Um, God, it's a joke, I think, on Friends about like, yeah, as of, you know, you got the VHS tape that was half the half the hostages come home, half the finale of match, uh, <laughs> which is a joke that. If you were born in the year 2000, you're just not going to understand any of that. No, none of those words. Uh, 
Um, but it was a very popular sitcom. It la- like I said, it lasted eleven seasons. Well, and they then ha- it went on to Trapper John MD was going on. Well, it went to After Mash and After Mash. A lot of the same ca- cast. Um, and then Alan Alda went on to bigger and better, not bigger or better things, but he continue he continues to do amazing work, uh, both as a director, a writer, and an actor. Just in everything, all around, all around, dude. So eleven seasons. It was it was um, created by Larry Gelbart, who um, was famous as a writer for Sid Caesar, mm. along with that whole uh, that whole group, uh, Mel Brooks, uh, Mel Tolkien, um, just uh, Neil Simon, that whole group. He wrote Tootsie, and he wrote uh, Oh God, the movie, and the play. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Which oh my- wow. My high school did that uh, my senior year. Oh, and so, and the match was a movie. Mass was, it started out as a movie. Uh, actually, no, it started out as a book. And mm-hmm. then Robert Altman made the movie based on the book. And that starred uh, Elliot Gould, Robert Duvall, um, Sally Kellerman, Donald Sutherland. Big hit. Uh, big hit movie. They made the TV show. Uh, based on, I believe, the sequel to the book, which was Mash Goes to Maine. I think that's what it was called. Um, so they recast a lot of the roles, uh, all of the roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the third season, some of the cast left. So uh, they had some some, some cash shakeups. And then by, I want to say that by like season five and season six, you got the really strong cast. Because then you got... Um, Jamie Farr became a regular. Yeah. Uh, Loretta Swit was there for the entire thing. Uh, Mike Farrell as BJ Honeycutt. Mm-hmm. Uh, great character. Um, and my favorite, uh, Harry Morgan. Um, oh, yeah. From Dragnet. From Dragnet. And, and one of my favorite movies, if you've never seen Inherit the Wind. Oh, uh, yeah. Been such a good movie. He's great in it. Everybody's great in it. It's about the Scopes Monkey trial. I love and they it. and they continued the show all the way to the end. The one character that is kind of missing is Radar O'Reilly. Who I I love Gary Berghoff uh on so many levels. But uh he decided to leave uh I want to say season nine. Season yeah. eight. Well, he got his own show. I do believe. I think there was a radar, a very short-lived radar spinoff. I'm just like Ooh. spitballing this. Um, but the show was a huge hit. Um, but right, kind of around season three, when the cat, those those uh, characters left, that was um, uh, Larry uh, Linville, Wayne Rogers, um, McLean Stevenson. Yeah. Once they left. It went from being a comedy with dramatic elements to a drama with a comedic script. Yeah, which is so weird that they were still having that laugh track in season eleven. Yeah, it's like there weren't guys. a lot of there weren't a lot of instances of the laugh track in season eleven, and even in this episode, it comes through. I'm gonna say like less than five times. Oh yeah, week. it's like there are multiple descriptions of how bones are either protruding or entering bodies in this episode. And it's like, you don't want to put laugh tracks in there. If you, uh, if you get the DVD version, it gives you an option to have it with or without the laugh track. Yeah. 
Well, and so, and also just in general, people will often you cite that as like the reason of like, I don't like laugh tracks, like that kind of stuff. And I'm, and what I, my take on it is like the laugh track is not inherently bad. The laugh track works if it is actually a recording of human beings reacting to literally what you're seeing on screen, which in the case of like the Dick Van Dyke show, the Mary Tyler Moore show, Seinfeld, you know, Frasier, that is what it is. Bewitched, that 70s show, um, MASH. Like, I think that like we as humans can feel the artifice of yeah. someone is hitting play on a button. And so that's that is what gives the laugh track a bad name. But I don't know if I don't know. I never hear people complaining about like the laugh track on Golden Girls. And no. it's like, no, because it's funny <laughs> because it because it's played. It's obvious by the filming and the set that this is a sitcom, whereas Matt yeah. tries very hard because they have exterior and interior sets, yeah. both filmed in California, that they had this element of realism that they were trying to bring to the whole show. And the laugh track is so alien to it. It just breaks the reality that they're trying to create. So by season 11, it's barely used, but it's unfortunately still there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we'll be talking about the mash episode Trick or Treatment. It is the second episode of season 11, and it was written by Dennis Koenig and directed by Charles S. Dubin. Here's how Hulu describes the episode. During a Halloween celebration, scary stories are swapped, and then Father Mulcahy has a spooky experience with one of the incoming wounded. Ethan, how accurate is that description? I'd, I'd say that spooky is not the accurate word there, but yeah. the rest of it's, and even the rest of it is just, it's, I don't know, it leaves a lot to be desired because the spooky stories are, there are literally two and a half of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the rest of it is medical hijinks on Halloween and a well, lot of I mean, really wounded people. Yeah, that's, that's more. So I like, I... I feel like I'm not watching MASH just because it's going to be a it's going to be an emotional commitment, probably on the level of a cheers to me, because like just this episode, I respond very uh, strongly to emotionally. Uh, I think that it is very. It It's just it's I don't know. It's just really good performances, really like tight writing and sharp characters. And it is weird. Like there isn't really a story being told in this episode. Um, it, 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 it is. It's it's it's, it's there's no format, no structure to it. it. It's it's a it's just wild that this aired on CBS at like what, uh, 9 p.m. Like, that's crazy to me. This would be the, the equivalent of a medical drama today where it's just they sh instead of developing the people's plots i've seen this a couple times where it's like this is just the people coming in and they're being treated and this is how they're being treated and it's just a night in the er as people yeah, are that's... being pushed in and that's exactly what this episode is except it's a half hour and like <laughs> comedy yeah and it's like an uh, air quote comedy which like the comedy comes the comedy, so like the 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 comedic scenes of this of this episode, which I guess we could talk about like chunks of it, like is the 
uh, David Ogden Stiers, who is, oh my God, I don't know anyone's names because I've only seen a handful of MASH episodes. Oh, uh, Charles Winchester. Yeah. Uh, so, so first of all, got to shout out David Ogden Stiers for one, being Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Number two, uh, for being Martian and, Manhunter in the TV uh, pilot for the Justice League. Oh, hell yeah. And then, of course, for me, number three, being a member of the family, a homosexual. So I love you, David Ogden Stiers, uh, hero. Hero. Um, so he like plays like the uptight, like everyone is an idiot. I hate being here. You're all stupid guy. And he gets a lot of the funny lines. I really like when they're all uh, just fully operating on a whole bunch of wounded soldiers, like a rapid pace. And they're trying to like, I don't know, distract themselves or just try to like focus and like, just try to like get through it by telling weird ghost stories. He's the one that's just like, Ugh, and is just a scullying <laughs> all of them, which is, you know, a fun, fun role for him. If we can kind of like sum up this whole episode, just like in a real quick, cause we can talk about like, like I said, chunks of it. This is it's Halloween night. Uh, Honey, uh, Honeycut and Hawkeye are dressed up hot lips and um, uh, Harry Morgan's character. Uh, who I never Sherman? remember. Yeah. Sherman Potter. <laughs> they're all dressed up and they're ready to go out and have a good time. David Ogden Stiers is supposed to be covering. They're going to go hang out with the Marines who have just got in, who like to drink and party um, that includes uh, George Went. Uh, he's one of them. And also yeah. uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew well, Clay. Andrew Clay. But what ends up happening is they are pulled out of what they're doing because a whole bunch of wounded people are being brought in and just multiple- a mine. Uh, mine went off. And like, yeah. so just waves, a lot of waves of people are being brought in. So they were they were going to have fun. They're dressed up. Uh, Honeycutt's dressed as a clown. Um, Hawkeye is dressed like Superman. Just very homemade costumes. Oh yeah, because they ain't got they ain't got a party city there in 1952. So they are dealing. Of this is how it is. They're trying to deal with this mass of humanity that is bleeding and injured and needs surgery and needs repairs. Um, there's a character who is brought in who is dead who they just leave. He's just left on the ground for a while. Yeah. Because um, it's just like he has a toe tag on. And so yeah. they're just like, oh, yeah, just put him down. We got a dozen other people that like so. But he just ends up staying on the ground for the entire episode. At one point, like Hawkeye's like, can we at least get a sheet to cover this poor man? And the, then the the Marines being mar the Marines in this, this they are hard drinking, hard partying, fighting. One sticks his hand into a fan. Uh, yeah, he George bets Wendt, someone that he can stick it in and stick it out before it gets cut. Not George true. Went fits a whole pool ball in his mouth. Uh, Can't get it out. Andrew Dice Clay uh, has a Jeep race with another GI backwards and backs into a chicken coop and he bangs his head. He's only in one scene. George yeah. Went, I think, is in two. Um, but it's just this parade of tragedy cases until finally um they get they they get that dead guy up on a truck and father father mulcahy gets there and he says oh this man's catholic he hasn't gotten his last rites 
he gets up on the truck with him and he sees that the man is crying and that he's not dead. He's just in a coma and they save his life like yeah. that. So it's a very it's special that one shot. So like at the halfway point of the episode, when they put the sheet over him, we see his hand move a little bit like his finger yeah. twitches. And so we we as an audience know. And so then when father at the end, when father, father Mulcahy jumps up there and gets out the holy water. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if that was just yeah. a vampire thing. <laughs> Holy but water he, like, is you know, he's... real thing, is Brad. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, I'm Southern Baptist. It's which is just no rules, just wrong. Um, so <laughs> it he you know, starts like performing it, and then I don't know the shot, and a lot of it goes uh, for um, oh my god, uh, Jesus, William Christopher. Uh, a lot of it goes to his acting. I also, I just, I love William Christopher. Um, the, it's mostly like his reaction to that tear is so uh, beautiful and touching. And then at the very end, when they're all like gathered around and Harry Morgan's like, hey, uh, welcome to the club. Like you saved a life. And it's like, God, oh, oh, my heart. <laughs> And, and then Favel Mulcahy takes it to the next level. And, and after after uh, Harry Morgan says, welcome to the club, you just saved a life. And he goes, no, I didn't. I was just talking to the one who did. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's good, right? Mm, yeah, that's like, pretty good. Oh, and so the other, so yeah. It's, so I guess getting back to like, so David August Stiers is the one that has the most funny. But he's he, he bringing the most funny to this uh, because his reactions with George Wint like at the very beginning when he goes in and he sees this asshole's got a pool ball in his mouth, he's mostly standing behind him. And so he's like asking him, like, can you cough? Can you say X, Y, Z? I need to like look into your mouth. And it's like, oh, you got a pool. Like he's he knew, <laughs> really... he knew going yeah. into it. He yeah, said, he's just now, really giving Marine it all. He got a pool ball stuck in his mouth. And David Ogden Steers is like, I'm going to fuck with him. Yeah, which is great. Uh, that he's like, well, I can't take your temperature since you got that in there. Ben, like, really good, really good, really fun. George I, Went, uh, who has been like Cheers, also debuted at the start of season eleven. So he's this is probably like ep- week four of Cheers, and mm. he's on here. Um, that the pool ball thing is terrifying. Yeah, how do they get it out? Like thinking about like if that really happened to me, like oh god, I never would. But because they say they, it's kind of the same thing with a light bulb. You can stick a light bulb in your mouth. You cannot take a light bulb out of your mouth. Just the way that's constructed. Yeah, and so just like George went sitting there with like the number six ball, just like his mouth just fully open as wide as it can, because it's like it's you know it's because like once it gets behind the teeth, like oh yeah. god, that's and David David Ogden Stiers is treating him like a moron like why would you do this on tonight the the worst night that we have so he says oh the ball has a six on it is that your age yeah (laughs) he's just so good i love and then and then the same thing with like the guy who uh tried to punch a fan or whatever and he says like oh it looks like we've actually discovered the lowest form of marine life (laughs) or marine intelligence or something like it's like very good it is well written, perhaps overwritten, but there are many good lines throughout. He's a character I can buy him. He's an overwritten kind of guy. I think that everybody is overwritten, but I think that's why you watch <laughs> it. Oh yeah, it's a very writerly show. The same, which like, I think it, is why I couldn't. I, I, it'll be an emotional investment for me if I watch. It's, it's like watching an Aaron Sorkin TV yeah. show. 
It's it's that level of okay, real people don't talk like this, but I'm but enjoying God, the fact that these people are <laughs> so good uh, listening to it. Um, the scene that so uh, I'm trying so like lines that stick out to me, <laughs> which is a fun way to to put it, is like when when he when uh harry morgan gets uh i love if there are any like matt mash super fans listening and they're just like who's the character's name is not harry morgan uh yeah uh sherman potter jesus uh so like when when like he like asks for an x-ray of a person that he's working on and they bring it back and it's just like oh yeah that's the that but that's not his bone that's someone else's bone that the mind like sent launched like a torpedo into him and it's like god <laughs> which is actually for a halloween episode like there's a lot of body horror in this and we don't but we don't see any of it but there's a lot of just descriptions of shit like that yeah so spooky <laughs> yeah happy halloween 1982 yeah <laughs> uh, you're, you're you're getting a lot of bloody smocks on this one what did you think of andrew dice clay's performance do you uh, want to explain who Andrew Dice Clay is? Because mercifully, he's not been relevant for at least 25 years or longer. Yeah, Andrew Dice Clay was a comedian in the 80s and 90s. He did, as he called it, a very uh, a character, which was racist, sexist, very sexist. Yeah, that was yeah. very R pushing X, very hard R rated stand up act. Um, has played it a, a very broad stereotype character. Um, is he from he... New Jersey? Because I mean, like the vibe, like I would equate him to like he's like if the situation was actually physically intimidating. Uh, you, you got me wondering now. He was no, he was born in Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah, that's still it's not uh, the same, but it's so there was a there was a lot of controversy uh, around him in the eighties and nineties him being so misogynistic and sexist and did they what was Sinead O'Connor the musical guest on an Andrew Dice Clay episode or something but there was some like the two of them had a I remember it was it it was on Saturday Night Live and that might have been that episode I know Nora Dunn refused to work with him yeah on Saturday Night Live and that's where he defended himself being like I'm not this character I'm just this character that I play but no one really believes that well, yeah. Um, well, it's like when you're when the character you're playing, like his catchphrase was like "Hickory Dickory Dock." I like punch yeah. well, a they, woman. I punched like it's like, that was his thing. Is that he did a lot of like hey. nursery rhymes and then yeah. yeah, ended with "Hey," which we yeah, will not like, repeat here. God, yeah. If, if Fonzie was an asshole, like that's that's a great example. He of, is the anti-Winkler. Like, yeah, he's like. Yeah, if Winkler was in Star Trek and he had the beard. Yeah, yeah. He that, didn't have is... the beard. He just wore like big sunglasses and he's still around. Like I, I he's still performing um, to fairly limited audiences, I'm I'm assuming. Now, that's you know, that's me assuming I. Yeah, I yeah. You might have a career renaissance. Get the dice heads on here. Yeah, he's he's done some movies. He's done some TV, um, but mostly he's known as a stand up, very controversial stand up. And so this is like a solid probably like six years before he really breaks out as like a stand up and like because I feel like his heyday was late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So this um, was so he's this just was an Andrew actor. Clay. Mm-hmm. And he's only in one scene. 
he's only in one scene. He's he he has blood coming out of his head. And Hawkeye looks at him and talks to him and it's kind of like, you Marines are dumb for doing something like having a backwards Jeep race that you ran into a chicken coop. Come on inside and be dumb inside. And so like that, there is a second beat to that because when uh, Potter is like out, like walking around outside, like checking on people and MP military police comes up and they're like, hey, we're looking for this Marine. Make sure you keep him like he's arrested like because he ran over a whole bunch of i'm assuming because he ran over a whole bunch of like native people's chickens which is like that is income and like that's major yeah. property damage yeah that's that's uh, the they were looking at it and we get a great monologue a little tiny monologue from harry morgan about like like there are there's like the blood from dozens of different soldiers are in my boots right now i don't have time to worry about this <laughs> about your damn chickens because he says like, damn yeah, and he's like, do you think I've been finger painting what's on my hands? Like, so good. Uh, That's why it's more of a drama and less of a comedy. Yeah, you gotta imagine for the actors. A blast. Yeah. To, like, get those lines to say. that, And that's why it was it probably did so well, is you crammed, Not it's not just like we're cramming so many jokes in, you're cramming scenario after scenario dialogue conversations character development history stories and jokes and you're cramming it all into 22 23 so like we haven't even mentioned the most to me the most affecting again i guess like there is a spirit of halloween in this and just how uh macabre and the the uh the theme of storytelling is all throughout this. Yeah. And so one of the many people that shows up is a soldier who, you know, minds ain't good. So he'd be hurting. Uh, but they're also like, you are emaciated. Like we need to get you oh. like electrolytes. We need to get you. Yeah. We need to get you uh, living again, basically. And he refuses everything. He doesn't want anything. Even like later when he's in the in a, in a cot in the recovery tent what is i don't know uh, hawkeye brings him a very nice looking uh, piece of pumpkin pie like it looks good and he's like this it's rare that this food will actually help you and not kill you so here you go uh, he just like throws it on the floor and then we get a monologue we get a like the camera zooms in on this actor who is the actor it's richard lineback um what he's, he a, do? Lot of, like, he he's do done a lot of like one episodes of things he's done like small parts in movies but he's been working so he gets the camera zooms in and then he gives probably a two two to three minute monologue just about what happened the camera doesn't move he's like his eyes are telling a story of horror uh like tears like welling up like just a little bit as he recounts that they like him and his buddies like they had they had done a good job like they had taken a guys i'm not an army person. they, uh, they had turned back <laughs> a, a chinese force they had really gotten them out of there and they moved into a foxhole he and his buddies moved into a foxhole and they were eaten like kings because they were able to get a whole bunch of food. Yeah, like their boss was their boss, their general or whatever was like, this was great. You know what? Early Thanksgiving. I'm going to get it. He got turkey, got stuffing. He got everything. So they're eaten in the foxhole. They're having a great time. And this guy is like, you know what? 
things are so good that I'm going to go and get seconds. So he gets up out of the foxhole. He gets back in line. He's get he's they're slinging some more food on his plate and he hears an artillery barrage. Yeah, he's like, it was just a minute. Like it was like just sudden and done. So he so he looks back at his buddies and they're all dead in the foxhole. And he goes up to them and he says, like, they all looked so surprised. And he's thinking that I shouldn't be alive. And the reason that I'm alive is because I was greedy and I I got too much food. So he says, I'm just not eating anymore. And then like supposed to be dead. Hawkeye's basically like, I know someone you can talk to. Basically like a therapist. I'm like, like someone like you need to talk to this person, a therapist. Uh, And, and like the solution of it is like, there's nothing we can like. We just have to learn how to live with it, and can't forget and he, it. Yeah, like you can't forget it. We have to learn how to live with it, and that goes for me, like, or that goes for all of us, or something like. Yeah, and it basically the implication being like Hawkeye is also like, me too, but me too, buddy. Every like we're all in the same boat. You are not alone because we have to see because we know that Hawkeye has to see this stuff all the time. Yeah, this is season eleven of this. Well, I mean, also the Korean War did not last eleven years. <laughs> <laughs> how long last they uh, it's funny three years for your war um out of the cast um jamie farr larry gelbart alan alda and mike farrell were all in the army and all of them missed out on korea just barely like oh wow larry, larry gelbart got out like 11 days before his he was discharged 11 days before his unit was shipped to to korea oh wait so are all of them all of them could have gone to i'm trying to think of their ages like Alan alda did go to korea but like after the ceasefire after the okay. armistice but he went there and he's i think he said in an interview he was just mess hall wild but but he was he was over there my uh, grandfather was uh in korea uh, Megan's grandfather was in Korea. My grandfather was in my both my grandfathers were in World War II. Yeah, my got um, out of the service. My great uncle was my great uncle was in World War II and maybe at the beach at Normandy. Ooh. I I I, I don't know if it was the story that I've had in my head is that uh like, you know, in probably like two thousand or like late late nineties, we were at church at my grandparents' church. It was, it was probably Mother's Day or something. And my mom was sitting next to uncle buck which was his uh name uh and she noticed that he was like rubbing a stone that had like he'd had it for so long and it like there was like a thumbprint in the stone from how long yeah. he had just like had he's like yeah i keep and he was like yeah pick this up on the beach and, and i keep it gets in his pocket in all the all the time uh well yeah. it's just like wild um and he was very big into uh, history and family trees. And I know that I am a son of the American Revolution because of him. Ooh, well, now. Yeah. Going to hit I'm, you up for some of that American Revolution money. Yeah, I'm a SAR, son of American <laughs> Revolution, whatever. Uh, yeah, my family's been here since like the 1400s. We're having fun. 1500s. Well, they there were a lot of there were a couple people. Well, not only were it was everybody. A couple of actors who who worked on this in the army. But they did make a point to talk to uh, veterans about their stories, and they incorporated yeah. a lot of the stories into episodes of Mash, um, which I read. So I read somewhere that like by the end, 
they were getting repeats of the stories because they had asked so many people that they were hearing the same stories over and, and they they were like, can't do that one. We already did that. Oh, Even man. if it was different, different places, different times, the stories were so similar that they they had they had to turn stories down. Jamie Farr actually, the dog tags that Jamie Farr wears uh, were his actual army. Oh wow, uh, dog tags. Oh, so like watching this episode and watching that monologue from the soldier about the early Thanksgiving disaster, like it just really dawned on me how. How wild that like, I don't, this is not like a well-renowned episode. Like, I think this is just like a random, this is the last season episode of MASH, you know, like we're season 11, not much left in the tank. And this is still what they turn out and put on the air at 9 PM on CBS on a uh, Monday night. And it, there is, it just like hit me. Like TV is not this anymore. Like over air broadcast TV is just flat out. Not this like, especially right now because of the uh, writer strike finally has ended. They got what they uh, needed, deserved. And same for actors need that. So actors are still striking. They deserve whatever the hell they are asking for, especially if it pertains to not letting robots take all of our jobs. Um, so like TV right now is especially like hella dire. Like the the wild game shows, it <laughs> just stuff that they're putting out right now is uh, very weird. But even even if the actors and writers hadn't been striking, the kind of stuff that we get on network television, just like this would never fly. It's just wild. It's it's too good. This is this is premium TV. It would last 50 minutes and it would be on HBO. And it would probably get two to three seasons and each it would be an episode. It would be an eight episode season. And yeah, and that. He broke yeah. television. Instead, Instead we have, MASH we have has over... 256 episodes. Exactly. Um, one last thing, because I know we're kind of like we're winding down. I want to talk about one of the, the ghost stories. Oh, yeah, because there are those little ghost stories. And it's, I, also, it's kind of like it's it's along the lines of like the, the, after the car crash, they took a picture. And then in the picture was my uncle. But yeah. there was one that that Hawkeye tells that there was a guy. He was on a he was his, his uncle was yeah. on a boat the compass had broken the radio had broken he was stranded at sea and along comes this old ship the luck of the irish and it's just barreling through and and his uncle follows that ship all the way to the coast and then the luck of the irish turns around and goes back out to sea and when his uncle gets off the boat he's telling everybody about the ship the luck of the irish and everyone's like guy, guy the luck of the irish crashed 20 years ago everybody died that happened to my father wait what (laughs) so when i was in college i was i was in uh, alfred new york which is in a blast radius of all the snow that comes off of lake erie uh in western new york and my dad came up i think to pick me up for thanksgiving or maybe just just come by, but it started snowing, and it snowed bad. It was low visibility, and I've been in 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 New York when it's done that. And my dad's scared. It's night, the snow is falling. There's it's deep. He's driving on the highway. There is no one around him, hmm. and he's listening to the radio and he's just switching the channels, trying to get his mind off it. 
and and there's nothing's coming through. And then all of a sudden, clear as a bell is old music, the kind of stuff that his parents used to listen to, like Perry Como and Rosemary Clooney and Frank Sinatra. And it's coming through totally clear. And as he hears that, a snowplow comes in front of him. And that's he follows that snowplow all the way to Alfred. And by the time he gets to Alfred, the music stops. And so he thinks he's it's we still think that it's his parents got him to that snowplow and saw him through until he got in safely. Because what they couldn't find that radio station again. We couldn't find that. I couldn't find that radio station again. Yeah. Just like, yeah. My mom thinks she saw a demon in her bedroom. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Which, I mean, you know, is just stuff that my mom just says uh, without. I think she finally, because I know she never liked The Exorcist and never wanted to like, I saw that. You can't, you can't watch that, etc. And it wasn't until like within the past 20 years, like I'm after I became like 18, like an adult or whatever. She was like, oh, yeah, because when I was like 16, I saw a demon in my bedroom just like standing in the corner, which is like, well, maybe sleep paralysis demon or like, I don't know. Yeah, Uh, but but also just like the fact that just (laughs) offhand. And my mom never talks about this stuff is not a supernatural like just like had like none of this is a part of her outward belief system as far as I I know. And so out of nowhere, she's like, no, yeah, I saw a demon. Uh, Spiritualists don't don't believe in demons, but I personally do. Just because I I don't believe that human beings are the top of like the food, the evolutionary food chain. There's got to be something that's extra dimensional. To okay, it. that is that's terrifying. That's, that's some just Cthulhu me. shit. <laughs> well, do we have some must-have facts? Oh my god, no! You don't want to learn more about. I'm I'm terrified of of ghosts and demons. Let's get into let's get out the Ouija. Let's see who we can talk to. <laughs> William Frawley, come through. No, um, I'd love to talk to. I would love to talk to William Frawley via Ouija. Uh, uh, so 19.9 million people watched this episode of television and probably never look at pumpkin pie the same way again. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was number four for the week. The number, the top five, the top six shows of the week were new heart at oh. number six. Uh, and that episode BT dubs is the debut of Larry, Daryl and Daryl. <laughs> Uh, because it's episode two and it's a spooky episode where they find a body buried in the basement. And who do they hire? Who do you hire to come dig up a body in the basement? Larry, his brother, Daryl, his other brother, Daryl. Um, so that's the number six. Five was Dynasty. Four was MASH. Three was Dallas. Two was TV's censored bloopers. <laughs> and number one was 60 Minutes. Now, kids, gather round and let's talk about why something called TV censored bloopers is ranked so high. And let me tell you, also in the top 10 was something about old commercials. <laughs> and that is because before YouTube, <laughs> networks would just make giant compilations of this stuff and then would just air them and let my parents would be like, <gasps> there's a commercials. <laughs> 
go we gotta watch this like <laughs> that's well, just you know bloopers were the same thing back in the 1950s and 60s kermit schaefer had a tv show where he he showed bloopers mm-hmm. he showed you know people tripping over things on sets or you know a radio announcer saying like uh and here's the beatles with how i want to hold your hams or like something uh, like yeah yeah Whoa, bloopers um i have a i have a book somewhere that my grandparents had uh <laughs> called prize bloopers by kermit schaefer which uh i got after they both died um but i just i love that that was like a major major thing yeah from like the 50s to the 90s was like oh they're rerunning old commercials yes <laughs> like and now i got YouTube's to get to see cool. willard scott like trip over a cord oh my god <laughs> so yeah number two for the week ahead of mash and dallas like that's wild uh so the cbs monday night lineup was all killer no filler i think well it was it started with square pegs which was the okay. sarah jessica parker high school show um which has a halloween episode that aired this night that is good um private benjamin the tv version Mm, uh, yeah. followed by mash then new heart and then cagney and Lacey. so like that's pretty good night saw night of television yeah. now what are you watching um <clears throat> on abc they are playing the 1980 movie brew baker uh robert redford yafet kato a reform-minded warden uncovers widespread corruption when he enters his newly assigned prison, posing as an inmate. Nah. <laughs> On nah. CBS, we have MASH, the 4077. Okay, Jesus. Oh, boy, man. I'm not a MASH head. I'm not a masher. Um... That's that means something completely different in the 1950s. Uh, plans for a Halloween night costume party are interrupted by incoming wounded from the front and from Rosie's bar. Uh, and then on NBC, we've got a movie premiere, Born Beautiful, starring Aaron Gray and Lori Singer. A top fashion model tries to make a career change and help a troubled high school student make it in the highly competitive world of New York modeling. <laughs> I tell you what, if it is, if it wasn't Halloween, I'd be watching Born Beautiful, baby. Uh, but, I'd be watching Mash. Yeah, yeah, I would be watching Mash, especially a Halloween Mash, because Mash is a is tried and true. It's the eleventh season, and versus a Robert Redford movie that's cut re- up with commercials. Yeah, Born Beautiful, a premiere of a movie I've never seen, also cut up with commercials. Uh, uh-uh, I'm watching but- Mash. This high school student is going to trying to make it in the competitive world of New York modeling. And hopefully she never runs into a columnist like uh, Bob Green or whatever. Yeah, they they made a was. movie of that. It's called Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And it was oh. really good. <laughs> uh, on IMDb, 486 people gave this a 7.6 out of 10. Higher, lower, I would I'd go, go higher. I'd go probably 8.2. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I do. I think I have given this a five-star Halloween episode rating, uh, which is probably uncharacteristic for me because I'm usually a very big stickler for like sticking to the themes of the holiday it's associated with. Um, and pretty much like you take the costumes out of this, it's not 
the Halloween. Except that I do think that it really, really taps into the old tradition of like ghost stories or just storytelling. Yeah. And a lot of the storytelling is really affecting and just sweet old William Christopher raising someone from the dead. <laughs> He's I, I think he is so cute. I will say I have I've gotten the entire episode about talking about how MASH just like top to bottom has maybe like the hottest cast in all TV history. Like oh your Alan Alda, David Ogden Styers can get it to me. Uh Larry Livell back of the day, little Gary Berghoff, William Christopher. I'm naming There's, all the like weird ones. I want to I want to read you a little bit of uh something that um the featured review. Oh wait, no, it's where is it? Oh no, this wasn't the one. I I read a review of it and I was like, what? Um okay. So there's the there was an error written in the uh the IMDb page. And uh someone is is calling this out. I'm M Johnson something. And this is on IMDb. And let me let me read you the whole error that he points out. And then the stinger at the end of his error pointing out that did not need to be there. The goofs contain an error. Charles was calling George Went Private Moscone as a reference to Billiard's great Willie Moscone. Mr. Moscone was the technical advisor for The Hustler and appeared in several scenes during the movie as Willie, an uncredited role. Some, like me, remember the much-hyped Wide World of Sports episode featuring Moscone versus Minnesota Fats. Too bad the goofs author, author missed the connection. Hence, it was a pretty good joke rather than a goof. As far as the show... The series was winding down, and it was fun to see up-and-comers, the Dice Man, and Mr. Wen. Also, and I hope this is not taken wrongly, but Margaret never looked better in her costume of choice for the planned party. <laughs> of course, but, I mean, man. I would like to point out that there is a factual error in this. <laughs> also, I would like to have sex with this woman. <laughs> and, and the Dice Man. Ooh, ooh, bow before thee, like... Yes, so... God, we know exactly who that guy is. Ugh. Imagine, like, you're like, what did you do last night? Oh, I went on IMDb and I looked for factual errors in the goofs section of classic sitcoms. <laughs> oh, now Goofs Brett, in not, the goofs. Now if he's not going to like our show. He's not going to leave us a good review. I would love to see the review he would leave. Um... Anyway, God, uh, who had the must-see performance in this episode? Um, not the Dice Man. No, uh, sorry, Dice. I would, I would probably say, um, Mike Farrell as BJ Honeycutt because he did the entire thing dressed as a clown, and yeah. then at one point, uh, he did the Harpo Marx thing where someone was standing there and he lifted up his leg and he he dropped it in the person's hand. And yeah, they just have to kind of like no choice but to hold it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. How about I... you? It, I mean, it feels wild to give it to William Christopher because I think he's in the episode for maybe 45 seconds. <laughs> but he's just like, I really, it does suck that he isn't in this episode more because he's just such like an earnest little, little, like little ball, a little ray of sunshine. And then he he's in a Murder, She Wrote episode where he's the killer. Um, Spoiler. Oh, uh, fun, fun, stupid fact. Uh, Loretta Swit, who plays Hot Lips Hulhan, uh, one of her few animated credits, 
She was in the Batman animated series episode, Mad as a Hatter, the first mm-hmm. appearance of my favorite character, the Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter. I own two animation cells from that particular episode. <laughs> we'll find that episode on IMDb and <laughs> make sure the children know. <laughs> uh, and must other people see this episode specifically at Halloween? Yes. Yeah. This is a this is this is just a great episode. It it's not going to have you rolling on the ground, but it's going to have you really paying attention because the the dialogue comes fast and furious, and it's really good. Yeah, and I think that it just sucks you in. I mean, this episode sucked me in good. <laughs> just kind of, that was that did not go right. I thought it would, but no, like it just uh, it's just really engrossing and. I think like when I do a sitcom binge, like you kind of need like, you know, you want to pay attention in some episodes. You want to like lay back. Play on your phone, et cetera, while, you know, your your mid your middle episodes of the season. Like MASH seems like the kind of show that's like, no, I I, if I'm going to watch MASH, I have to watch MASH. Because like an episode like this, which I feel like is probably just, a you know, one in the two fifty six. Uh, and it's just so well done and engrossing. Uh, this really is emotionally affecting. This was hard for me to take notes on because everything was happening so fast that I had to keep pausing it. So I could, yeah. my handwriting wouldn't keep up with the episode because they, they'd be on to the next thing, onto the next scene. Someone's talking about a completely different story. And I had to pause it probably more than I would have liked to. It's really but, like you got to just let it wash over you in a way, because like, it, you know, at least this episode, there isn't a story to follow. You are mostly just like following the emotional truth uh, of the characters and like the emotional journey that they are like just going on for this 20 minutes. Like, very good. Yeah. Um, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat candy that's already been open. Um. Yeah, so uh, where can people find you on uh, the Instagram? I am now on blue. I'm on Blue Sky, and I am making it a point to post every day. Good. I have That's three like we, followers. We, we all gotta. You, know you gotta try, damn it! Like, yeah, follow me on Blue Sky, and I'm on Instagram at EthanK55. Thank you for everyone who already has. Yes. How about you, Brett? Where are you? Ooh, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Brett White and on. Twitter and blue sky at, at Brett White. Um, and please go to the YouTube where you know I'm well, we got new stuff hopefully still rolling out, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, day by day, etc. And uh, like, subscribe, etc., 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 etc. Please, thank you to ACAST for hosting us. Wow, and uh, Jesus, is that everything? <laughs> I'm so we only have one more Halloween episode, and that's the '90s. The the, the '90s, yeah, yeah, and then it's into uh, thanks Thanksgiving. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I do think Thanksgiving is by far my third favorite of the three holidays. Like, I I don't like. Who cares? I it's fine. Um, it yields some of the greatest sitcom episodes yeah uh so it's the holiday has that going for it anyway thanks everybody (laughs) bye